going to Aston Martin. Oh my goodness. Hello everybody. Welcome to the Winging It F1 podcast. I'm Freddie. I'm going to be hosting this little quick episode, which we've had to do a bit on the hoof because Aston Martin and Fernando Alonso have been at it in their little contract boardrooms in Hungary and have taken the F1 world by storm and surprise and announced a two-year deal for probably with an option for Fernando Alonso to join Aston Martin in the replacement of Sebastian Vettel when he leaves at the end of the season for the 23 and 24 Formula One seasons in which he will finish the 2024 season at 43 years old and will be an old F1 driver. Um, I'm joined by Adam Dickinson and Nigel Chu to give a pretty immediate reaction after a day of um, reaction moments. A day of hard work at work. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, for for all of us have been pretty busy today, and we, but we've been completely engrossed by this. So, um, Adam, how are you? Are you are you good? I'm yeah, I'm good. I quite enjoy the notion that he's not an old F1 driver now, age forty one. <laughs> but uh, yes, I'm good. Of um, I, I kind of shut this down when we talked about it on the Vettel episode. But the more I've been thinking about it, and the more I've kind of well, yeah, some of us have bigger problems, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the kind of the more I've been thinking about it, the more I'm like, yes, this does make sense. So I'm into, I'm looking forward to discussing it and hearing what Nigel has to say after he shut it down even more than me. Red face, Nigel, how are you? Uh, yeah, good mate. Nothing's happened since I last saw you, which was at the formula, which was very exciting. Yeah, it was yesterday. So, yeah, that was yesterday. Well, it was very good. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Anyway. Huh. But what was better was Aston Martin's shrewd movements to secure. One of their closest rivals sort of the past few years as a team, not necessarily based on the points standings this year, um, but Fernando Alonso um, is moving from what is currently the fourth best team in F1 to the ninth best team. I think the last time he did that was 2014 um, when he moved to McLaren because Ferrari were what? They were fourth in 2014. And then were they ninth in 2015 when he started there? Who knows? Um, We could know but we're not going to check it. Um, basically, what I think is amazing about this is that Aston Martin found out on Wednesday, the higher-ups, that um, Vettel was leaving. They put it all out there um, on Thursday. They made a huge song and dance about it, basically in a way saying, hey, free drivers, give us a ring. And now, what? I mean, what are we? Four days um, yeah. from the announcement at nine o'clock on Monday morning really a really quick turnaround to get a contract done and dusted with a two-time world champion and i think that's very impressive from aston martin yeah i no i i agree i think it's it it kind of feels like a no-brainer and i think that was always the case from aston martin is they've got they brought in seb as their big name from second biggest name in F1 over the 2010s and then they've you know that experiment didn't work or you know he's decided to call it quits and immediately they're on to the next one I don't know whether they had this lined up already or what happening I know Lawrence Stroll and Fernando are kind of reportedly are kind of close and keeping contact you know as a rival team owner and drivers as much as they can do but yeah it's um it seemed like a no-brainer for Aston Martin kind of continuing the strategy of having a you know big name driver in in the car and in the team alongside Lance Stroll. Yeah, Adam's really come on board to this. Um, Nigel, 
What do you think? I'm, st- I'm still shocked. Like, it, that's just, for Aston Martin, it absolutely makes sense because they got the best driver possible that they could have got. But I don't understand why Alonso will go there. That's what's still confusing. For me, it's just money. One last massive paycheck for money because he's not... I'd, I'll be I'll be even more stunned if Aston Martin are challenging for podiums and wins. But I was pretty stunned this morning when I when I saw the news, which you know half an hour after it was announced, because I Freddie put something in the chat for context. Freddie put something in the chat about old Aston Martin have signed someone or something, and I was like, doing like a football transfer blog, and I just didn't understand it. I didn't even think of like oh Aston Martin have made an announcement, and then I found out half an hour later. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm still. Numero Sports foremost news hound Nigel Chu there <laughs> sniffing out yeah. the stories. <laughs> Christian yeah. Horner's best mate. I mean, I, it kind of, it, it to me, it made sense from Aston, but like, I just didn't, I didn't get where the interest would be from Alonso. So that was kind of where I just couldn't put join the dots together. But actually, you know, having thought about it now, I do understand that and you know like you said at the time there were a lot of paddock kind of murmurings and reportings that this was on the cards but I just got kind of too caught up in um, logic which never defines Fernando Alonso's career and I shouldn't use that to try and predict Fernando Alonso's career. But what do you what do you think's Fernando's motive then Adam do you think when you say it's logic do you think Mm -hmm. it's just a logical team to move to or do you think it's a like a because I'm I'm leaning on the board of it being well Nigel's moving money I'm moving a bit of kind of classic Fernando um, heart ahead of mind where he's fallen out a bit with the bosses at Alpine because he wanted a two-year contract and they were messing around with him a bit and saying yeah, maybe we'll give you one year then you can go to work um, which is basically what they were saying in France last week. I think he's had a bit of a, a knee-jerk reaction but what would you say? Yeah, I, th- I think it's a few things. I think um, like you say, he's I just don't think he was happy with what Alpine were offering and he sees the initiative and as Malcolm Tucker says in the thick of it then life is just a succession of five minutes is there what that's one of the the best quote you could have used yeah few few swearless quotes of the of the program but yeah I think he's just seen the writing on the wall where he I guess didn't know whether he'd be able to kind of get signed up for two years with Alpine saw Aston come up and thought yeah that's that's me I also think maybe he knows what he's got at Renault and you know he doesn't see he doesn't see that they're going to be <clears throat> in a position to fight for podiums and wins anytime soon. And, you know, he, I think part of him might be thinking, well, you know, better the devil you don't know, go to Aston, see if they can. They've got investment. They've been bringing engineers across, couple from Red Bull, and they're building their new factory and new wind tunnels. So I think maybe he's seeing some of that and thinking, well, you know, there's there's potential there. And I don't think there is a potential at, at Alpine. So, he's you know maybe using that to justify in his mind that you know it could be a competitive decision so yeah, yeah so what so if we're going to sort of bullet point what aston can offer we'd say sort of a definite two-year deal definite commitment to fernando alonso um they've got a he'll, he'll clear smash stroll go on my bike just turn my bike for he'll smash stroll as well so he'll smash stroll well. clear clear favorite driver you've got um which is interesting such an, a, a nepotism inspired project um you've got um <laughs> a whole new sort of development of that team, a sort of drive for the future that's so obvious and so modern and it's going to be sort of sort of a new MTC kind of style of a factory. You've got personnel coming from all over the place. You've got Mike Crack starting this year. Martin Whitmarsh came in last year. You've got Dan Fallows, who's sort of a huge designer coming in from Red Bull, who's going to have his um, design imprint all over the 23 and 24 cars. That is a lot that they could offer, to be fair. And you look at Alpine, you think, mm, Enstone, bit of an outdated 
factory and at the whim you could of really the Renault board, which has always been famously quite fickle with Formula One and the money they throw in. So do we look at that and think very good move or do we think it should have been a pure move based on current competition? It's a move. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just, it's, it's, it's sideways for me. I, I think, I don't know, yeah, for it, me, there's more potential in, in Alpine. So that's why I was a bit more surprised. For me, Aston Martin are not going to be near the front. I, I can see Alpine challenging more over the next three years. And that's not just because they're closer now. I think they've got the right people there. And I don't back Aston Martin, under Lawrence Stroll at least, to get towards the front. So, mm. yeah, that's bad move. I, it, like, it's just a really time will tell move because, yeah, I, I think... Like every move. Well, yeah, but, you know, I think there's there's kind of... There is genuine potential in both sides, but I'm just not... I don't know. I, 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 I don't maybe trust uh, Fernando's evaluation of long-term successes <laughs> with teams after what happened with McLaren. Every but, team. Yeah, but is I don't know. Are you saying I, Alpine's going to have a championship winning car next year, then? No. No, it's got to go in cycles. So it's always in an 05 or an 04 kind of year. So 94, 95, 05, 06. To be fair, it was 2013. It was pretty, it mm, doesn't really add up. But anyway, um, I had a very good question that was very serious that I was going to interject with, but I, I forgot. No, wasted it with that. <laughs> I wasted it with a stat that was to make a joke that wasn't even good and didn't even make sense. Um, so, yes. That's that's me messing up hosting a podcast. Um, so the question will come to you. I'll speak for five seconds, uh, and the question will come to you. Won't it, Freddie? Right now? Yes, it has. Um, it's going to be a really weird kind of relationship with that team, though, because you've got such a sort of yeah. big, big figure in Lawrence Stroll. I mean, I always remember that that video he did when Racing Point were alleged to be cheating and then found to have been cheating, and he put out that sort of hostage video. Um, where he, he said, you know, like, we're not, we're not losers, we're only winners and that kind of thing. And I kind of feel like either they can, either he can form a massive, amazing partnership with Alonso, like Alonso did with Flavio Briatore, who's the only sort of team boss I can kind of compare to Lawrence Stroll, um, or they'll just absolutely rip lumps out of each other and they'll have an awful relationship. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's the, as he was saying it, that was the, um, comparison I was thinking of with Briatori obviously hugely successful with I think I, th- I feel like it will just depend so much on kind of where the car is especially I don't know kind of mid- midway through the first season who want to see progress and if they're where they are now because let's face it they've gone backwards ever since Aston Martin took over the team from where they were in their last season with Raging Point they've gone backwards and haven't really you know their best kind of technological innovations have been stolen from other teams so it's not you know I just don't yeah, I, I kind of, I know, I know they've got the the new kind of engineering crack team coming up, but I do worry that if it doesn't, you know, if they're not showing signs of optimism pretty sharpish, then I I kind of think it will, you know, start to go downhill quite rapidly. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that entirely. I think if the, you know, if the, if the word they are this year, then we're going to get even better team radio than we've had the last 10 years from from, from Alonso, I think. So, uh, yeah, I right now, I'd say I don't see it going well. And I'd be, I'd love to be proved, proved wrong. But even Lance Stroll and Fernando Alonso, I just don't see that as a driver pairing working 
too well. I think the personalities kind of clash. And you could have Lawrence Stroll, you know, in the end, you know, he gets on with Alonso now, choosing between his own son and the driver who's just miles better. <laughs> and that'll be a really awkward position. So, so I don't know. I don't see it working out, personally. It's an interesting one because you could make a case for Lance Stroll being a very, very good midfield number two driver, which is kind of an awful way to rank a driver as a, a number two for a midfield team, not even a number two for a top team. But that when you compare that to Fernando Alonso, I think that we all of us would still agree would be a good candidate for a top team number one um, is, is going to be interesting to see. Um, I mean, you've I'm, got a top five driver versus a bottom five driver. So, you know, and we know how that goes. One's just going to be miles better. And then, you know, with Lawrence Stroll... Oh, yeah, you mean Alonso's the top? Okay. But I don't... I, I mean, you say that. That's partly what makes me think it might not be an issue between Lance and Fernando is, yeah, I don't really see them clashing that often. I don't, you know... I, I just think they'll be in different areas of the race for the majority yeah, of races Very next season. So, yeah, I don't know, but... um Aston have been so bad this season. Like they, they have just been really, really poor. So I know they've got the, the ingredients. They don't have exactly the best line. Now we're finally going to see. Yeah, we'll get a stroll benchmark. We'll get an Aston benchmark and that kind of thing. Because Vettel hasn't really been a reliable driver since 2020. And yeah, granted, he did have, he had had some very accomplished moments. But I mean, you look at the last two races, him and Stroll have both finished kind of nose to tail 10th and 11th, opposite ways around. Um, I mean, he's had some stellar drives, Baku, both Bakus and things like that, but it's kind of like, we don't really know if they're flashing the pants or if the car's so peaky and that kind of thing. We're not really, there's no way of knowing that. And I think Fernando Alonso is a reliable performer. Um, it's just if his bad luck continues, because, you know, never in his life has he, has he ever had so much luck as the last race always. But anyway, um, but I think, obviously, with Fernando Alonso leaving Alpine, that means the Alpine seat is technically available. Um, obviously, Oscar Piastri is the favourite for that seat as the Alpine junior. Um, Alpine have invested heavily into him and have been very open that they wanted him in that seat for when Fernando was kind of gone. Um, not even kind of gone, just gone. Um, but the sort of plan, really, which is coming very obvious now, is that they wanted him there for 2024 and wanted Piastri to have a kind of... Um, placement year if you will for um a bedding in period in the way that Leclerc would have had with Alfa Romeo and the way that Russell's had with Williams that kind of thing so then they can then take their their prize driver a bit later obviously though that was playing on the assumption that there's have Alonso and Ocon for 2023 which um it seems to be something that has, has transpired that's been quite common in the Alpine kind of negotiations camp, which is a little bit of confidence, a little bit of um, misplaced um, arrogance, you could say, about it. Um, and now they're in a position where surely Oscar Piastri should be being announced for that seat as we speak. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think the my imagination, or what I imagine is that the, the Piastri plan came more from him as a junior driver and they probably didn't expect him to win three back-to-back titles. So I think that that plan of having him bed in for a year um, next year and then come to Alpine, I think that was more based off where they thought he'd be and, you know, being F2 champion this year or next year than um, being in 2021 and then kind of being, you know, frozen out of, of the feeder series. 
So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it will be that much of an issue. I think it was just kind of the, the circumstances where they had Alonso and they wanted to get the last kind of last great season out of Alonso and obviously got Ocon there on a longer term contract. So I, yeah, I think you can't, I think it might just be a case of not being able to get the whole contract sorted in nine hours um, as we're recording this. So, um, and, you know, like like we said, they didn't, they may be taken a bit by surprise by the Alonso announcement. So a I lot. think, you know, con- contracts can take a bit longer than this to to kind of draw up. So I, I don't see it really being an issue. I think Oscar Piastri will be announced, but it's just when when that is, I don't think it'll be an issue if it's not, you know, within the next day or so even. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think we'll hear something during the summer break. Uh, actually, they'll shut this. It's the only choice they've got. They can't, you know, build all this and then not put him in the seat when there's, when there's a seat there now. So I think Piastri will get a seat. It's just for me, it's a much weaker lineup. You've got Ocon, who's been outperformed by Alonso, and then you've got a rookie who, yes, we, he could be the next best thing. Well, there's, you know, there's going to be mistakes. He might not be on the pace as we expect. So for me, they've now got a significantly weaker lineup for me. The one thing I would say to that is, I don't. If you're going to pick a driver to be the next great driver after kind of Leclerc and Russell, someone who won those three championships back to back in an unprecedented fashion will be that person. So, really, he is the best that Formula One feeder series have to offer right now in terms of putting someone forward to be that next champion. So obviously we'll wait and see how he performs, but I don't think you really could be asking for a better rookie to step into the seat, to be honest. That is absolutely, I think, yeah. I mean, obviously Piastri is the hottest property in feeder series in 2021 and 2022, obviously, um, because of what he's done and the way he's progressed so impressively from series to series. If you watched his Formula 3 and Formula 2 um series as closely as like we would have done in formula three he never really qualified very well but he was racecroft was amazing and the way he drove the tires was phenomenal and he took those skills to formula two and learned to qualify well he got like five or six poles in a row for feature races i think which is insane um and he took with him he added that and he's just continually was adding strings to his bow so that's what's also so impressive with oscar piastri was he didn't just win the championship he wiped the floor of formula two um it's still an unknown quantity, though, for me. It's a rookie. It's, yes. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. I, I. It's just a. It's just a lot weaker. I, I think they've gone from say the fourth best lineup. To possibly, if I was ranking it, and we don't know the lineups next year, but like seventh or eighth. I think. I think. I. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't judge him that harshly based on um, the evidence we've seen of people who've done the kind of double, if you will, in that it's only really been Leclerc and Russell and. They were lining up first and third in the grid. Well, he's had a year out. Victory. He has had a year out. Um, great. Um, Would that not make a difference? I don't know, but he's had a very extensive testing program with Alpine. Um, but there was another point I was going to bring up, which is um, the kind of sort of the contract rumor consensus mill is a lot of words are just thrown together to kind of make something make sense, um, which is that we tend to kind of know things about contracts. So they kind of get leaked out and never unconfirmed and sort of willingly kind of just unceremoniously ticked, if that makes sense. Um, And one that's kind of been doing the rounds a bit is one of Oscar Piastri's deal with Alpine is that they couldn't get him an F1 seat by the end of July as a a break clause. Then he would be able to be looking elsewhere. Um, 
is it very convenient that Aston Martin has signed Alonso on the 1st of August, which means that now Piastri could well be a free agent and could have a hold a much bigger power to this driver market and could and um, could do something a bit crazy or maybe have Alpine accidentally lost him? No, I, out of loyalty, Piastri would stay. Mm-hmm. Out of he cannot surely smack Alpine in the face like that if if he's a free agent, which he might not be. Uh, I I do love the theory. I really really like it. It feels <laughs> like it'd be a very Lawrence Stroll thing to do. I not saying I buy into it so much, but also even if he is a free agent, I think like Nigel was saying, where else is he going to go? Yeah. I think Alpine is the best option anyway. He's obviously got all the links there, and it's probably going to be the the most competitive seat that opens up going into next season or based off this season at least. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And your Ricardo seat, who knows? Um, that's the thing. It's, it's like, that's the, the kind of thing more about this clause is that if it's, if it's true, if it is true, um, it has been reported by some high quality places, namely the race, which is why I was bringing it up because it's been reported by people, by journalists we all admire um, and trust <laughs> crucially um, is that not necessarily does it make it a, bargaining chip as well but it could also just mean that there could already be pre um pre-done agreements that we don't know about with other teams with piastri that could then make this another complication so who knows maybe there's a kind of if this isn't if this deal isn't met then there's a letter of ten, intent say that means that williams then get the rights to piastri or something like that we don't know because obviously piastri has been linked to williams for so much of this season um, for, for about sort of half the season, we've had, what, 13 races and about race seven or eight, race seven or six even. There's been rumours that Piastri is going to be announced. So it's there's a, there's, a, there's a lot at play here and it's probably all going to be wiped off my mind and off the, off the table when an, um, Oscar Piastri is announced on Tuesday morning. But um, as we what record, it's on Monday evening. Are you, Freddie, what percentage are you, do you think that Piastri will go to Alpine? I, I think you. I, I'm 95 percent sure it goes well. Oh, okay. um, but I just think it's a really interesting discussion point. Basically, so um, could come true. I mean, I think always kind of money can money can solve every problem. So for Alpine, you know, I think that that would be a route they can go down. But also, would would you would you go to McLaren if the McLaren seat did open up with Daniel Ricciardo and there's no contracts being signed, but he's a free agent? Would you pick there or? No, Alpine. no, no. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say Alpine I'd looks agree. like a much more user-friendly car. The McLaren looks like it has been very clearly tuned away from drivers who could who were normal. Um, <laughs> I think very much the only driver you could put in that car would probably be Fernando Alonso. Norris. Well, yeah, Norris. Um, <laughs> I think you could put Alonso, Sainz, and Verstappen in that seat, really, and expect them to be able to perform pretty well. well in... Not Lewis Hamilton. Well, yeah, probably yeah, Lewis Hamilton. But I, yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of, it's got the impression to me that it's a really odd car. Um, and yeah, if you're Piastri, you're looking at that and going, oh, I don't want to wipe away my chances of being very good at the start. I would rather go in with Alpi in a team that I know the functions of. I know the way a car works for this team because that's the one, only F1 team I've learned to be with. You'd think you would go for that one. Um, so, and obviously the question of loyalty stands in there because obviously Alpine have paid for him to be in existence as a yeah. top tier driver um one final question i'm going to put to you because I'm, I'm i'm extending this a bit um would if you were if you were alpine would you regret signing esteban ocon until like 2029 or whatever they've done and would you rather have a fernando alonso oscar piastri lineup 
Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I agree. Twenty twenty four, the end of twenty twenty four, I believe. Um, but yeah, I I yeah, I'd say so. But at the same time, I think Ocon may be a bit easier for Piastri to step in alongside. But yeah, it, in terms of you know pure ball. Well, yeah, but in terms of more more uh, pure driver lineup, then yes, I agree. Cool. So, um, give me one superlative to describe what you think of this move to round it out. Shocking. Fernando. Oh, okay. I was going to say you think Fernando is a superlative. That's that's a high praise. Um, <laughs> it is. It go. is just so Fernando. <laughs> It is, though. I was going to go shocking, but I think Fernando is probably <laughs> what I would have been swayed to. Um, but anyway, yeah. Thank you very much, everybody. That's um, a brief little episode on Fernando that we're wrapping up now. Um, obviously, everything we've discussed is going to be completely pointless by the afternoon after you listen to this, or probably just before you are listening to this, because that's the way recording podcasts works. Um, we have also recorded, well, recording after this, but it will be published pretty much at the same time, a race review for the Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, please go and check that out. Uh, we're hopefully going to be very pleased with it, or we hate it. You never know when you record things in the wrong order. Um, but anyway... Have, a, have an amazing rest of your day, rest of your evening, whatever you're doing, um, and see you for the next one. Bye-bye.